Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to Our Nerdiest Thing. Today, I am live with a very special guest, author C.L. Cannon. C.L. Cannon is a USA Today bestselling author, publisher, publicist, editor, designer, and lots of other occupations with the er sound at the end. She is a woman of many talents who never gives up, even when she probably should. (laughs) I disagree with that. She enjoys writing about love and friendship. She loves it even more when she can add fantasy and science fiction aspects to those themes. She is an awkward AF neuro spicy spoonie who lives in fandom and band t-shirts, collects too many books and bookish merch, and has a deep obsession with David Tennant, J.R.R. Tolkien, and Kaz Brecker. I mean, can you blame her? She spends her days trying to bookstagram and book talk and probably failing, helping other authors grow and succeed. She loves her job and loving on her two children slash velociraptors, Seth and Petey. You can visit her website for more content at clcannon.net. Welcome to the podcast, CL. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That that intro sounds much better when I'm reading it and somebody's not <laughs> reading it to me. I'm like, does that work? That was just the, I was just about to say that is that is quite an intro. And I love your obsessions. You've got like kind of hottie, nerdy hottie, uh Kaz Brecker, nerdy hottie David Tennant, and then yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Who I would not describe as a nerdy no, hottie. <laughs> no, but like smart hotties. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess he can. writes, he writes some nerdy hotties. Yeah. Like works. I would call, I would consider Aragorn a nerdy hottie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to need Deborah to make me a shirt now that says nerdy hottie. <laughs> I feel like I'm coining a phrase right now. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you too. So your two children slash velociraptors, Seth okay. and Petey. Mm-hmm. are they dogs are they cats are they they're my actual children oh <laughs> they're just... actual chil- human yeah, children they're just crazy children so oh human children okay gotcha yes, yes. So, so I feel like kind of like Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park when he's <laughs> I totally did not get that and I absolutely should have because I also have two human children slash velociraptors <laughs> so like I feel like I should have understood that um how old are your kids um, my, uh, oldest just turned 13 and the youngest one will be nine, uh, next week actually. So, oh, wow. My oldest is nine. So you're a little bit ahead of me, but nine is a fun age. I've been having a good time. Yeah, me too. Sort of. Sort of. Um, well, let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about the moment that you either, either the moment that you knew you wanted to be an author or mm-hmm. maybe the series of moments that led you to that discovery. Like, how did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? And then how did you make that happen? So from a very young age, I, I was reading probably around four-ish. I, I started reading pretty early and then I kind of just read everything in my school library and I just was just loved reading and I'd get to some stories where the ending wasn't satisfying for me and like (laughs) I specifically remember reading Little Women and I've been a shipper since I guess I was little or something because like she should have been with Laurie and she wasn't right and I was like I don't like this so I I rewrote it now now as an older adult I'm like I kind of get why she should not have been with Laurie but like it was like I'm gonna rewrite this so at nine years old I rewrote the ending and it was terrible when I look back (laughs) I've still got it somewhere and I looked on I was like this is the worst melodramatic stuff I have ever written my entire life but I was nine so I guess I gave myself a pass well yeah 
Yeah. I love that because I had that exact same response as a kid when I read Little Women. And I also have the same as an adult understanding, right? Of, well, I yeah. guess, okay, I get I get it. But yeah, I totally got that too. But I did not rewrite the endings of books. I just was like, I didn't like that. <laughs> and then set yeah. it aside. I love That's- that you have been writing and wanting to create stories, right? To make it what you wanted it to be from a very young age. I love that. Yeah, I like that. I don't want to be like, I don't want to say that the ending is wrong, but I love having possibilities, exploring almost like alternate realities of what could have happened. I love like answering like the what if question. So a lot of the things that I do are like retellings of fairy tales and and different have different aspects of retelling. Yeah, kind of like the multiverse. Yeah. It's like CL Cannon's multiverse. (laughs) I like, I love that though. Um, And so you bring up retellings. You've done a lot of re and and are continuing to contribute to a lot of anthologies in Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different genres. I know that obviously fairy tale retellings is part of that. Like you just mentioned, I wanted to ask you, what is it that you love so much about contributing to anthologies? And do you get to work a lot with the other authors or is everybody kind of in their own little cave writing their story or how does that work um well most of the anthologies that I have things in are from my own own my own publishing company Fiction Atlas Press and through that we do two anthologies a year and the very first story I ever wrote was not not through Fiction Atlas it was through another another anthology it was like for Christmas or something and it it was totally not on my genre it was like a romance one (laughs) but I made it nerdy at the time um (laughs) Um, I did not really enjoy that experience because the the people who were running the anthology were not, they didn't have our best interest at heart. Mm. And so when I later founded Fiction Atlas, I decided that I wanted to make somewhere that was safe for authors to be able to feel like they were supported and that they were heard and that they got everything, everything was fairly done and everything was equal, if, and especially new authors they yeah. came in and they didn't feel like because there was an, a bigger name author over here that they didn't matter. So I wanted everybody to be equal no matter who was coming into the anthology. And another thing that I like to do with it, uh, where we do two anthologies a year, uh, one anthology is a paid anthology. The authors get paid. The second anthology is a um, charity anthology. So I pick a different charity every year and we were able cool. to to do that. I've been, I'm an INFJ and I'm a Virgo. So I like to plan things. I have all <laughs> kinds of spreadsheets and things like that. So I've always been someone who likes to do, to plan events and do things like that. So um, I've planned lots of charity events for several years. And then I decided to, to go on with Fiction Atlas and to, you know, do different charities. We've done um, Alex's Lemonade Stand, which is a childhood cancer charity. Mm-hmm, We've done yeah. uh, Scoliosis Charity because I have scoliosis and I know that that can be kind of hard when you're a kid to find that out. Um, yeah. We've done uh, the International Red Cross. Uh, we're about to do To Write Love on Our Arms. So a lot of a lot of charities over the years. So it's good to be able to work with the authors in that capacity to do something good. And it's also, I enjoy just mingling with other authors and being able to either help them in their career by, you know, telling them, you know, showing them better ways to market because I'm a marketing geek as, as well. Um, so showing them better ways to market and how we can market together more effectively. And just reading everybody's stories is really fun too, because I'm also an editor. So I kind of, that's one another one of the things that I do. So I don't Yeah, know. you wear a lot of hats. I do. <laughs> You do a lot of things. Um, and I love that you have created your own space 
not just for the anthologies, but for authors in general, right? Because one of the things yes. that we really love about the book talk community and bookstagram community is how much of an actual community it is, right? Yes. And how people are really there for each other and want to be everybody's cheerleaders and support everybody, right? It's not a competition. And I really, really love that. Um, and I was going to ask you next anyway about, you know, you say that you love to help authors grow and succeed. And so you do that through your publishing company and also you said through marketing. So do you do that through your publishing company or is that a separate, a separate thing? How does that all work? The anthologies are through uh, through my publishing company, and then my other part of my company, the other arm of it, I guess I would say, it's it's called Fiction Atlas Press because it's it's through it. That for tax purposes, everything is through through that. But it's kind of entirely separate from the anthologies. I help uh, people with their launches. Uh, I help them with marketing for that. Uh, I run group giveaways uh, where we sponsor, like say, like right now I have a Grishaverse giveaway going on. That's so we've cool. got some nice Grishaverse items up and some books and uh, we help authors get like more subscribers to their newsletters or more people on social media uh, following them and things like that. And I always try to keep everything really low cost so they can... So any author, that's an, that's another one of my main goals for my company is any author, no matter where they're at in their career, yeah. they can utilize our services and be able to, um, you know, build a following. Um, we also do graphics. Um, I do, I do author websites. Um, I do formatting. I do like anything that you can do for that has to do with publishing. I can do except for uh, book covers. I used to, to design book covers, but everything kind of went to Daz and uh, overpainting, and I don't have that skill yet. So I decided, yeah. that, you know, I better put that away because I do want to make sure that I'm giving people the the best thing for the market right now. And if right. I don't have that skill, I, I like to, you know, tell somebody this person's really good at this. So another thing that I like to do is find trusted people in the industry and kind of say, here, you need to go to this person because they can help you with that. So I love that because so many people try to jump on a bandwagon mm -hmm. when they don't have the skill, right? Like they're yeah. trying to make it a business when they really shouldn't. It's good to have that self-awareness, right? Like yes. I would never, I would never be good at helping anybody market anything. Oh. I feel like. But I, I, that is so great because one of the, we just got back actually from moderating uh, Lust in the Low Country, which is a romance con in Charleston. And mm -hmm. one of the things we loved about it is the first day was all for the authors and they mm -hmm. did workshop panels and they were about, you know, how to write an audiobook from your print book, how to market on TikTok and social media and how to write smut scenes or spicy scenes. Like, I mean, it was all this stuff for the authors. And I just mm -hmm. felt like I hadn't seen that before in a reader convention, right? A book convention. Yeah. And I, I, it's that same kind of community and support and like, let's all help each other that you're talking about with your publishing company too. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that aspect of it. I, we, Fiction Actualist Atlas does a lot of that. And also like I do a YouTube channel where I highlight other indie authors. And there's a lot of things I do like that just because I, that's kind of like part of my personality, I guess. I just like yeah. to, I'm, I like to help people. And if I can't say no, so I don't know if that's a good part of my personality. <laughs> or not, but if somebody asks me for something, I'm like, yes, let me help you. So so can we plug your YouTube really quick? Is it a CL Cannon YouTube or is it? Yeah, a... it's, uh, it's CL Cannon uh, author, but it's, um, uh, Mostly just market, just 
showcasing other people. I don't have much of my own stuff on there. It's just like, if you <laughs> like this book, here's four books that are indie published that you would like. Cause I, I do, my segment's called the Indie Connection. So oh, we cool. find like a traditional book, uh, say like, um, you like Stephen, a Stephen King book. We'll find four books that are kind of like that, that are indie or small press published. So that's really cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about your writing of any anthology. I'm sure you have coming up and you also have an upcoming novel, a kingdom yeah. of dreams. Well, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. And then the kingdom of dreams. Um, I've been working on this one for a while. It is my, um, sleeping beauty retelling. Oh, and cool. I've, I wanted, I've always been fascinated with sleeping beauty. It's one of my favorite, like older fairy tales. And I decided that I wanted to let Sleeping Beauty have more agency because mm. especially in the old tale, she has, a, it's very unfortunate. A lot of the things that happened to her and she has no power and I wanted mm. to kind of give her the power back. Um, so in this one, she gets to fight um, the evil fairy because she doesn't just have to lay there and let the prince do everything uh, <laughs> while, the, while she sleeps <laughs> yeah while she sleeps I always also gave the um prince more agency too because his only mission basically was to save you know save sleeping beauty so in his he's actually supposed to be uh he, he's supposed to be finding her because there is this prophecy that she's going to be the one that saves his kingdom and his kingdom is under a curse and he's mm. trying to find a way to lift that curse. And there's also this other person that comes in who is a mage. And little do they know that she, that this mage Rook is actually working for the evil fairy. But he may or may not have a change of heart later on. Um, he may decide that he doesn't want to do her bidding. Um, that's just something that they'll find out when they when they read the story. Um, but sounds like a morally gray character. Yeah, I love we I, love yeah, we love a morally gray. Character. I'm addicted to morally gray <laughs> So, so are you, yeah. Are you planning on this book being a standalone book or the first in a series? How it's going to be a duology right now. Oh, okay, so awesome. It's going to be uh this first one is in in the kingdom of dreams and then with a crown of thorns will be the second part of it. Uh, but also it's going to be in a larger kind of interconnected uh sort of fairy tale retelling series. So the one after that I'm going to be doing is a little mermaid retelling that's kind of mashed up with Greek mythology. Oh, cool. So the little mermaid um, fell in love and her prince went away in the, like one of the Greek wars and he died and she's going to go to the underworld to find him. But to do that, she has cool. to, you know, find this other, uh, this other guy that's supposed to take her there. He's after her. There's a whole, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> that's all that sounds awesome i'm really yeah. excited about about that i love the uh greek mythology kind of inspired fiction i love yeah. that right now um are they gonna be a series in terms of happening in the same universe or a series just different fairy tales being reimagined they they are going to be in the same universe i'm not sure if, how much crossover they're going to have i do plan on some crossover i also have a static retelling of um Rapunzel that I'm going to do in that series. Oh, cool. so they're all going to be du duologies. It's just going to, and they're all going to connect somehow, some way, like in the same universe. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure. I haven't got to that planning stage yet. I'm a pantser. So I, <laughs> I write down the idea and then later I'll go through and figure out how it all fits together. 
I actually learned that phrase this weekend at uh, one of the one of the book con panels that we did because I was like, okay, somebody explain to me what this is because my oldest is literally pantsing people right now, like in our house, like he'll just pull your pants down. Oh. And so when you say pantser, like that's what I think. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, somebody needs to explain this to me because I know that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, That's so (laughs) funny. You love to plan and be so organized, like you were talking about earlier, but at the same time in your own writing, it's kind of the opposite. That's so funny how that works. I am a (laughs) huge mess when it comes to that. I have like piles and piles of notes scattered everywhere on different, different things on my phone. I've got voice things I've done on my phone. And then I've got probably like five or six different journals in there that's got different pieces of stories and just loose just ideas everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just everywhere. That's fun. Do you have um, any kind of time frame idea for the dual- the first duology yet? It is in May is when the first one comes out. And then the second one will be coming out in August of that year. So next year. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So and people I'm, I'm, won't have to wait very long after reading yeah. the first one for the no, second one. They won't one. have That's to great. wait. I'm gonna get I'm getting it all done beforehand. That way it can come out at a in a good time. But I'm also thinking about releasing the book on Kindle Vela at the very beginning of the year so that people can get a preview of how it's going and I'm playing with that idea. If not for that series, I am definitely going to do it for the uh, Little Mermaid retelling one. So awesome. We'll have to keep an eye out for that for sure. Um, Well, we're going to move into a couple of different speed rounds now. The first one is the nerdy and dirty speed round, where I'm just going to give you some prompts and I want you to just give me the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. No wrong answers, no thinking allowed. Okay. Okay. Uh, What is a song that you embarrassingly know every word to? I don't know if I know every word, but I know way too many words to Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. You know what? That's not embarrassing because that's a good song. (laughs) A book series that you always recommend. Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. Yeah, that's a good one. Early Bird or Night Owl? Night Owl. Last movie you watched? I watched Thor Ragnarok last night. I watched that a lot when I go to sleep because I always have to have something on. So That's one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's (laughs) so funny um a food you refuse to eat sushi i can't any eat anything raw mm. i was about to ask you the same question twice sorry favorite ice cream flavor um dutch chocolate almond Ooh, is that a particular brand uh i think it's mayfield comes in a yellow Ooh. Yeah, good. i'll have to look for that that sounds right up my alley uh do you believe in aliens oh I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> not in the not in the little green men sense. Are there other realities out there? Maybe. Ooh. So I'm kind of iffy. I kind of like that other realities better than aliens. Okay, I think I'm with you on that. What is the worst <laughs> job you've ever had? Oh, I worked in a factory while I was pregnant, and it was not it was not nice. I, oh, I, yeah. It was it was yeah? You know, I got it to 120 degrees in there, and I, like when I oh, have yeah. kids, my belly is like people ask me if I'm having twins I just me too show much more and it was it was awful yeah I mean you do what you got to do but yeah that does not sound fun um who is an author that you fangirl over oh there's so many uh <laughs> I'm gonna say can I say two yeah Neil Gaiman because I love everything he's ever done and Lee Bardugo because I love almost everything she's ever done and 
I probably just need to read the other ones again. So (laughs) (laughs) right. I will never be able to think of the darkling outside of being Ben Barnes now from the show. Yes. Like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For sidebar, when I read that book for the first time, I thought the darkling was like the love interest. Like I thought he was going to become like the good guy. And Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed (laughs) when when that ended up not being the case. I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, maybe Walls by Tom Petty. Anything by Tom Petty. I love him. Oh, that's a good one. We haven't gotten that one. Uh, What's one thing that you need to fall asleep at night? Um, some sort of noise, usually the TV or some sort of music because silence, I just cannot go to sleep to. That's how I, I need something. Yeah. And last one, what is an underappreciated book that you love? An Ember in the Ashes. I love that series and not enough people talk about how good it is. Oh, I'll have to look that one up. Um, so now we're going to do three tough questions and these are related to your, to more your writing. So okay. the first one is what is the nerdiest thing that you've ever had to research for a book? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, I had to do some research for a time travel story that I was doing. And I researched more about like the different time travel theories, like the grandfather theory and some of the other ones. And I guess it's the nerdiest thing. I don't know. I there's probably nerdier things. I just can't remember them right now. That sounds pretty cool, honestly. And by I, not, it's probably also nerdy, but <laughs> I think I that wrote, sounds awesome. I wrote myself into a corner with that one and I had to get myself out. It was not fun, but it was, I, it was okay. I did a deep dive in one of our episodes about how like time works differently in different dimensions or mm-hmm. different realities and ended up just reading all about Einstein's theory of relativity and how time literally moves differently in our actual world and it like melted my mind and I was like whoa (laughs) like I'm not smart enough for this for this deep dive um so second tough question what risks have you taken as a writer that have paid off um I want to say genre hopping because I genre hop quite a bit especially with subgenres. I've done time travel I've done um fairy tale retellings I've done romance um there's just a whole bunch of different categories time uh what was that? I've done space travel all kinds of different things that really don't align they don't cross over too much but mm-hmm. people have followed me so I guess I did it okay that's awesome do you have a genre or sub genre that you like to write more than others or is it just kind of I love to write this right here because that's the idea I have right now I would say fantasy, especially like fantasy romance is probably my favorite. Um, I get YA, let me clarify YA fantasy romance because I'm not really into spice very much, mm-hmm. but I love writing about friendship and how friendship can turn into love or even like enemies to lovers sort of yeah. feels. I just like that. I like, I really like studying the way people's minds work and being able to put that on a page. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think too, some of the most well-written relationships can be just the tension. Yeah. Right. And not actually seeing anything happen. Although mm-hmm. I don't mind that either. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? And last tough question is which of your main characters would you rather go grab drinks with and what kind of trouble might you get in with them? Uh, Probably Samuel from uh, my Forget Me Not series and Bloodlines. 
Um, he is, um, he's magical. He's, it's, he's almost like a, between a mutant and a magician. He has Ooh. a shape-shifting power. So he could turn into any any sort of animal that he wanted to. And he also has a power where he can touch someone and kind of know their whole history. So oh, cool. There is so much that you could do with that. You yeah. Know, that would be fun. You could get in a lot of trouble and have a lot of fun <laughs> with powers like that. That sounds like a good choice. I applaud that choice. Um, so now we have four random questions and that's exactly what it sounds like. These are just super random. So the first one is, what is your favorite way to relieve stress after a long day? Uh, probably just going and taking a bath. I love hot baths, just relaxing my kids after my kids are asleep and I can just listen to music or something or listen to an audiobook. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Do you do the whole like bubbles or bath salts, bath bombs, candles, I, the whole the whole shebang? I do bath salt and like the Epsom salts because I also have yeah. some chronic stuff going on. So it helps my back a lot. So, yeah. And that's what I'm kind of jumping backwards, but that's what Spoonie refers to in your bio, right? Yeah. That's a chronic illness. Yeah. I have uh, ankylosing spondylitis. I think it's how you say it. I can never say it. It's an arthritis of the spine. So is but that, yeah. And also scoliosis. Cause yeah, I said... also scoliosis. Oh. Um, Deb has a fibromyalgia. So um, I know, I know the term Spoonie, but I'm not as educated on it as I feel like I should be with Deb being my best friend. <laughs> so, um, but I'm glad that that at least helps, helps relax. And definitely when the kids go to bed that yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Cause they're going to bust in <laughs> when yeah. they're away. Cause mom is not safe in the bathroom. No, no never. <laughs> um, if you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? Time. Mm. Because I, I, overschedule myself a lot and I'd love to have more time to relax and to de-stress and to do everything that I want to do but sometimes yeah. I am staying up for days not getting a lot of stuff done but also not getting enough done so having more time would be great yeah that's a really good one I think I would have said like Reese's <laughs> you have I a much better answer first, to be <laughs> um so next random question what was your personal style like in middle school I was dweeb in middle school. Uh, I I probably had like two or three seasons worth of like back of clothes. Like I was not in season. I had the big bell bottoms on at that time because it was oh, like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. And I was right there with you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't pretty at all. <laughs> the little, like, did you do the butterfly clips? Yeah. And like yeah. The, the shirts with like the monkeys and stuff mm. on them. And, yeah. Uh, big flowers. It was like the sixties all over again for some reason. (laughs) I see like, you know, target and Walmart, like they're selling that kind of stuff again. And Uh I'm just like, guys, let's not do this. (laughs) Let's, let's not do this again. Um, but no, we were in middle school right around the same time you and I, so I'm totally right there with you. Uh, last random question. What is the scariest thing that you've ever done for fun? probably go into Imaginarium. <laughs> when I went there, I I don't feel like I had accomplished enough to go there and to be able to, to go there and see all those people. And a lot of my heroes were on that panel with me. And I was like, they're touching me. They're beside me. You know, I was, I was kind of fangirling. I was like, what did I do to deserve to be here? Um, but it was, it was so rewarding and I can't wait to go back. So that's awesome. And you definitely deserve to be there. That's you. 
that's that everybody has that imposter syndrome, right? Of like, this was a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> have done this. Right. But I'm yeah. glad you had a good experience because we really loved it too. Um, so we've already talked about kind of what you're writing next. We are working on the duology for the retail, the fairy tale retelling. Um, mm-hmm. what is the anthology that you have coming out next? Um, it's called Fate's Design. It is all about, it's a fantasy and sci-fi, but we've mostly had fantasy stories submitted for this one. Um, it is about changing your fate. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So, and all of the proceeds from it, uh, 100% of them go to, to write love on your arms, which is a suicide prevention, uh, charity. Is that planning to, uh, to be released at the, in 2023, or is it going to be after the new year? It's going to be, uh, December 6th of this year. Okay, perfect. I have to keep an eye out for that. Um, So we know you're going back to Imaginarium next year. We're really excited to see you again. Do you have any other events or festivals or signings or anything like that between um, now and June? Um, I am not between now and June, but I am um, going to be applying for Multiverse, uh, which is in Georgia next year. And hopefully I'll get it. I know a lot of people who are like on the committee there. So hopefully I can be like, hey, get me (laughs) out. That's what that's me. Plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, what I time? Up very much because of my back. But um, other than that, yeah. if it's close enough to me, I will go. Um, but yeah, I guess just multiverse. When uh, is the multiverse festival? It's in November. Um, okay. every year, Atlanta, Georgia. So, okay, perfect. Um, so where can we? Where can we buy your books? And where do you prefer readers to buy your books? Oh, that's a slippery slip. Um, (laughs) My books are wide. I will always be wide on on all platforms. I am working on getting up direct sales on my site. So once I get that up, I would really love for people to buy from my website. Um, If you want a signed copy, you can message me or email me. I've got plenty of signed um, books that I can can send out to you. Um, Or you can buy them on, I I don't want to discourage you from buying them on whatever platform works for you but they are on amazon uh google play or books or whatever they they call it now they've changed the name a couple times kovo (laughs) any any of those sites barnes and nobles i'm I'm on all of them so yeah Uh, and all the information about my books is on my website which is clcanon.net and there's a lot of actually a contest page on there for all the contests that i was telling you guys about the giveaway like the grishaverse giveaway and all that's on your I do probably 10 giveaways a, a month. So they're all on there. On oh, the wow. Page. Yeah. Um, so that's your website. Can we plug your Instagram handle? Yeah, it's uh, underscore uh, CL underscore Canon. Because it's the only thing that I didn't brand correctly because I got it so <laughs> <laughs> Like everything else is CL Canon author, but that one I just messed up. But I have too many followers on there for me to change to it. To change now. it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And we already talked about your YouTube. Do you do any other social media? Do you do any TikTok I, or Discord, anything like that? I'm on TikTok. Uh, I am on uh, Facebook. I'm still on Twitter, but I don't really do much there. Yeah. Um, and I will still call it Twitter because it's it's not. X. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to call it X. <laughs> uh, I'm on threads. Um, I just got a blue sky invite and I'm on it, but I haven't really done anything with it. But I'm mostly on all social media. You can find me if you just put in CL Cannon. I was just about to say, just look for CL Cannon and yeah. you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Or in my, my company name is Fiction Atlas. So sometimes I'm under Fiction Atlas too. So. 
So our podcast is called Our Nerdiest Thing, right? So obviously we're constantly talking about nerd, nerdy things, fandoms, things that we love. And we end every episode saying what our nerdiest thing of the week was, which sometimes is book related. Sometimes it's not. It's just something that we really got excited about and felt like we nerded out over. And so we would love to finish out hearing what your nerdiest thing of the week was this week. The nerdiest thing I've probably done this week is watch the new episode of Loki and then watch <laughs> all the Easter egg videos like immediately after and obsess and then go on Reddit and, and try to figure out things that are happening later in the season. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. I haven't gotten to watch the new episode of Loki yet, but my husband's traveling right now and we watch it together, but I'm like really trying hard to avoid yeah. all the social media because my algorithm knows you like this so it wants uh-huh. to show me all the stuff I'm like, everything no. you don't need to see yet oh I love that I love that you're a Marvel nerd just like me yeah. uh well thank you so much for being on the podcast and chatting with us today we're I'm excited to look for your fairy tale retellings and to look for that anthology changing your fate for and for a good cause too that's awesome I love that you do that But thank you so much for being here and we'll see you at Imaginarium in June. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. You too.